0: Can take it as the word faith, a continuation of what we started a couple of several weeks ago. The word faith, volume three. What we've been teaching is to understand how to understand the various shades of meaning of the word faith in the Bible. Message number six the word faith in the New Testament, part 16 we have spent time to look at the various ways the word faith is used in the Bible. And by now, I believe it's clear to everyone that that word has different shades of meaning in the Bible. Is that clear? Last week, we did a little exercise. How many of you remember the exercise? Out of one chapter of the Bible, we saw that word faith used in at least... Five or four different shades of meaning. Is that correct? In First Timothy chapter one, I believe. And so that you continue to see that in the Bible, and that will help you to understand what faith, what shade of meaning of the of the concept of faith that the Bible is talking about of, of each time you open your Bible and you get you come face to face with that word faith because you're supposed to respond. You're supposed to, you know, respond. Please, whenever you study your Bible, uh, approach it with a mindset of responding to what it's going to say to you. Did you hear me? Because it's going to say something to you. It's not going to say something to other people. No, You may see other people in the mirror, but you are the primary person who will show up in the mirror. You know, the Bible is called a mirror. Are you aware of that? And he will speak to you. How many of you have heard your mirror speak to you? <laughs> Amen? Seriously. You know, there are, not, there are things you can't venture to do without standing in front of a mirror. Is that true? Why? Because the mirror will direct you as to how to do that. <laughs> and if the mirror shows you something and you ignore it, when you come outside, if people will either be scared of you or laugh at you, I'm, I'm just telling you, am I right? Okay. Praise the Lord. I don't want to say further. <laughs> so w- w- have an, a, a mindset that the Bible is going to say something to you or something about a situation and get ready to respond. And the whole purpose of teaching the Bible is to make sure people understand when the Bible speaks and know how to respond. So the subject we are looking at here is faith. When you see that word faith in various parts of the Bible that you are reading or studying or having your devotion on, you are expected to respond in a certain way. So we saw that faith has at least in the, in the whole Bible, faith has at least five, four different, uh, no, more than five, the whole Bible. About five or six shades of meaning. We would not go back into that, to the Old Testament. Let's come back into the New Testament. We have at least four, and we're on the fourth one. Number one, as a a religious vocation. Please remember that we have about two in the Old Testament. Is that correct? Okay, faithfulness, uh, at least in the Old Testament. Okay, in the New Testament, we have faith as a vocation, religious vocation. Number two, faith as a fruit of the Spirit, which is also what? Faithfulness. Is that correct? Amen. Number three, faith as a pair of apprehending and appropriating facility or faculty. In other words, a kind of a pair of spiritual, s- spirit senses. The sense of the spirit of man. See, the body has its senses. Is that correct? It's known as the physical eyes, ears, nose, and so on and so forth. The spirit of man has its own set of senses too. And that is one word for faith. And that's, so that's I've called apprehending, or appropriate, ap- and appropriating faith. Is that correct? Then number four is God's own apprehending and appropriating faith. Uh, commonly known as what? The gift of faith. So that number four is faith as a gift of the Holy Spirit. Is that clear? And what is being given to you here is faith. But what kind of faith are we talking about here? Is it faith as a religious vocation or faith as faithfulness or faith as... Um, Uh, 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 apprehending, appropriating our spirit uh, faculty. uh, Yeah, even though all those ones come from God, uh, you know, but they are not really God's own faith. uh, Number four is God's own faith. The faith he uses which he puts on you when the occasion demands. Your own faith, are you listening to this? Number three, faith. Your own personal faith as a pair of glasses. Belongs to you. Like my brother there is wearing his glasses. He takes, ho- takes it home. Let's say when he comes here, I feel he needs mine. I put it on him. Is that correct? When he's about to leave, he drops it for me. When he needs it next time, I put it on him again. Amen? But he is, he keeps it. Are you following? All right. So we said that this last group of faith is used, that your own personal faith, number three, is used for your everyday need, for you to appropriate grace for everyday need, without anybody interrupting you. It's your own. So whenever you have need, and you feel you know you need to appropriate grace, it is that faith that you have, that you need. But when the kingdom of God has a special need, we're talking about God and his kingdom now, we have a special need to be met then dramatically, instantaneously, he drops his faith on you. Because that need will be so big that man and his own faith may not be able to handle it. Are you following? So God drops his faith on you. And with that faith, you accomplish that kingdom need. Kingdom purpose, kingdom plan. And of course, it it deals with Satan's evil kingdom plan and power and purpose and shuts Mm -hmm. them down. Are you all following what I'm saying? So that's the nature of all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But in this case, we are talking about the gift of faith. Praise God. And we are looking at the various aspects of that gift, uh, of this faith as a gift. The various things, unique features of faith that the other uses of faith, word of the uh, shade of meaning of faith, don't have. Uh, and the first thing we saw is that this gift, this last shade of meaning of faith, or God's faith imparted to the believer, is, is God's own apprehension. God apprehends a situation, apprehends the grace that He has kept in, stu- in, 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 in place for that. He drops it on the believer. So you don't spend time trying to figure it out. He shows you the picture, drops it on you. You see it right away. Are you following? Number two. Another feature of it, it is what dramatic impartation. I, it's is not something you pray over and walk yourself over before you generate that kind of it. No, it's dropped on you, boom, dramatically. Amen. You see, it's dropped on you, and when it drops on you, you can use it. L- let me show you an example of that. Let me turn with me to First Samuel. First Samuel chapter 1 I believe First Samuel chapter 1 when Samuel ordained Saul he said something to Saul very very important First Samuel chapter 1 No, sorry, ch- chapter 10. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 5. He had just anointed Samuel uh, Saul. He said something. Uh, go to verse, start from verse 1 quickly. Then Saul took the flask of oil, poured it on his head, on Samuel's head. What does that oil represent? Anointing. And what does anointing really mean? Huh? The presence of God in the person of the Holy Spirit. That's the the meaning of anointing. In the Old Testament, oil, uh, when it comes to anointing as something that's imparted on man, oil was the type of the Holy Spirit as anointing. Hmm? All right. And poured it on his head, kissed him, and said, Has not the Lord anointed you a ruler over his inheritance? you know that we have had this experience already as God's people. Are you aware of that? Because I know you're sitting down here and say, Pastor, when is the day of my anointing? No, I want you to know that. When were we anointed? When the Holy Spirit came down. On the day of Pentecost. If you're a believer in Christ, that's when you were anointed. But you have to receive it personally. So when did you receive it? Uh Uh-huh. When you gave your life to Christ, that was just your coming into it. There's an anointing that came to you on that day. It came inwardly. But the one that comes upon you, when did you receive it? Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear me? So if I say let's do we are going to have a service for the baptism of the Holy Spirit any day I call, it's for the people to receive. The anointing. See, these days we use words without really making sense out of it. The anointing was poured forth on the day of Pentecost. But you have to be you you have to definitively receive it. And the means by which you're given opportunity to receive it in this day and age is the what? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Is that clear? Alright, moving on. Next, quickly. And when you go from me today, the man of God was telling him, then you'll find two men close to Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin Azelza. And they will say to you, The donkeys which you went to look for have been found. Do you remember? That's what got him in contact with the man of God. He was looking for donkeys, his father's donkeys. Is that correct? Now, behold, your father has ceased to be concerned about the donkeys. <laughs> And is anxious for you, saying, what shall I do about my son? Amen. Next. Then you will go on further from there, and you will come as far as the Oak of Tabor. And there, three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you. One carrying three young goats, another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a jug of wine. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread which you will accept from their hand. Next, afterward you will come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is. And it shall be as soon as you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with harp, tambourine, flute, and a lyre before them. And there will be prophesying then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily, and you shall prophesy with them and be changed into another man. Amen? All right. The, the anointing is, is uh, that, that's, he's telling him already about what the anointing will do. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily, and you shall prophesy with them and be changed into another man. It shall be when these signs come to you, do for yourself what the occasion requires for God is with you. Did you hear that? When these signs come upon you, the Holy Spirit makes a kind of a move upon you, you know, right away. What's the next thing? Do for yourself what the occasion requires. The gift of faith operates in that way. God will give you some signs. Amen? And then, in that sense, when you, those signs hit you, your next move is going to be a move of faith, not just ordinary faith. It's going to be unusual faith. Last week, I told you how the gift of faith operates. Two ways. Is that correct? Number one is what? It's like every other form of faith, the other form of faith, our personal faith, which comes when you believe in, after your faith quickens you, or after your faith is quickened. You believe by persuasion of the heart. Is that correct? What's the next thing after persuasion of the heart? Confession. And then what's the next thing? Action. Now, the same thing happens in the gift of faith from God. Samuel is telling him, when these signs come upon you, you you'll be persuaded. You have to have a conviction. That's number one. Number two, you do for yourself. With or without words. And last week we saw that it comes first with uh, words, usually words of what word, command. And if those words of command are coming in forms of prayer, we call that authoritative prayer. Do you remember me saying that? Huh? Do you know there are prayers that are authoritative by nature? Huh? You're not pleading, you're not uh, uh, begging, you're not... no. You declare, you decree, you command by prayer. That's a gift of faith at work. And also, you do, you have some, exercise some unusual acts, actions. Sometimes they look unusual, but there are going to be times those actions are not usual. But as long as they're in line with Scripture, they have to be in line in Scripture. You don't do crazy things and say it's the gift of faith. Are you all following it has to be in line with scripture. Everything we do as God's people must be backed up by scripture. So what was the third feature we looked at? Uh how many? 3. We did four. Number 1 was what? Divine apprehension number 2. Okay, dramatic intervention. Mustard feed seed nature. You need just a small measure of it. When you exercise it, that small seed will, will blow up mountains. Because it's God's faith and it's all faith, no doubt. It doesn't give room to doubt and to fear and to an anxiety. Is that correct? Number four now. We talk, did we talk about the triggers? Okay. Okay, triggers. There are things that trigger it, this faith. It has things that trigger it. You know, like the gift of the Holy Spirit, which we're going to talk about some other time, is uh, they're like the shades, shadow, uh, the, the shades of rainbow. You know, if, if you're looking at rainbow, right? You know the colors of the rainbow, right? You hardly can tell where one stops and the other starts. They, they always, you know, overlap. Is that true? All right. So this gift of faith, for you, you, because you're going to begin to feel it. You're going to begin to exercise it. So there are certain things that can trigger it in you. There are other gifts that trigger it. For instance, a word of knowledge does trigger it. A word of wisdom does trigger it. Discerning of spirit triggers it. Why do these things trigger it? Let's say, for instance, if God gives you a word of knowledge, gives you a secret about something that nobody knows other than God, and he shows it to you, that's the gift of word of knowledge. A gift of word of wisdom is God showing you how to do something that you couldn't have known ordinarily, and you move on to do it based on how God showed it to you. As long as it's in line with Scripture, that's the gift of word of wisdom. Amen? Amen? The of spirit, God showing you by the Holy Spirit the difference between this spirit and that spirit. So any one of these, if God uses it to show you something, you can use the, the next thing it could trigger. One of the gifts those things can trigger is the gift of faith. Let's say, for instance, if God shows you that certain evil forces are responsible for a situation by word of knowledge, Amen? Then it can trigger the gift of faith in you. With the gift of faith, you can rebuke that thing with authoritative command. And the authority is not just ordinary human authority. It's God's own authority. Direct authority. So you rebuke that thing with divine authority. See, what triggered it? A word of knowledge. Triggered the the gift of word of knowledge. To get the gift of faith. Let me give you an example. When Paul, remember when Paul was going to that city, right? And that slave girl was following him for how many days? Three days. And kept screaming, These men are men from God. Give me Acts 16. I think it's Acts 16. The scripture just came to me. Let's see what happened there. Acts 16. Acts 16. Go to verse 16. I believe. Go down to 16. Let's see the gift of the Holy Spirit at work there. Amen? Okay. It happened as we were going to the place of prayer. A slave girl having a spirit of divination. Another, see, that's a demon. Are you aware of it? Another name for that demon is python. It's a snake spirit. It's a python spirit. In, <laughs> in the Greek. Amen? So, a slave girl, having a spirit of divination, met us, who was bringing what? Her master's much profit by fortune telling. So, the girl was bought as a slave by an occult practitioner who initiated her into the occult. And she came under demonic possession by what spirit? A slave, a a, um, a, a python. A spirit of divination. Are you, are you following? Now, see what happened. And she got into fortune telling. And she was making money out of this fortune telling. And whenever she makes good money, she was seeing them people were coming, she was telling them their future. And when she makes the money, the master takes the money, gives her a little, and sends her out again. So it was business. Watch what happened. Okay, following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, "These men are born servants of the Most High God. Can you follow that message? You can't fault it. Amen. Who are, listen, proclaiming to you the way of salvation. Did you notice that? What she was saying was hundred percent biblical. <laughs> okay. She continued doing this for many days. See, with, with certain gifts, God's people will not be deceived. For so many days. But Paul was greatly what? Annoyed. And turned and said to the spirit. Who did Paul speak to? The spirit. Now watch. I'm going to challenge you to tell me what, what gift that was operating in Paul. Are you Ready? you make my Christmas if you get it right. <laughs> All right. And Paul said to his spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very moment. Now. What was the gift in verse... Go back. Go back. What was the gift in verse 18? The gifts. Gifts. I see, I see three gifts in verse 18. The, f- the first part of verse 18. Discerning some spirit. What was it? Discerning of spirit. What she said appears to be from the Holy Spirit. Clear. But Paul knew it was not the Holy Spirit. That's discerning some spirit. I guess before, because this is my speculation, she said it, it was tormenting her for three days. She couldn't stop. Or she was saying, these men are from God. All oh, men from God. Oh, from. God. Even when something is good, if you're under pressure, that's a sign. It's not from God. Can you imagine saying the same thing over three days? She felt dizzy. Okay, what other gift do you see there? Within that, like, remember the lines of the rainbow. Come on, let's go. Let's go. My time is running. Word of wisdom. Okay, what other gift? Word of knowledge. Both of them were there. Word of knowledge was like the, the, the signs of spirit. So and then, Paul saw that it wasn't that girl and that it wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was a spirit known as divination. It's a like spirit of a python. Alright? What's the word of wisdom there? Huh? Come on, you heard me. What's the word of wisdom there? How to do it. How to do it. Paul endured it first day, second day, third day It's like, I have to stop. And how am I going to stop rebuke it? No interview, no nothing. That's a word of wisdom there. Okay, stop it. That's the word of wisdom. Did you see that? All right, you're getting more than you begin for this evening. Then, what's the next gift? The gift of faith. The gift of faith. You notice that that faith was not ordinary. In instant, it was instant, the the whole thing dropped on Paul instantly, boom. I command you in, did you notice the command, the authoritative nature of the prayer? It didn't say, please, lady, stop. Please stop. Are you following? Or come, or hey, God deliver her, save her. Oh, no, stop, please. No, he rebuked it. And what happened after? Let's see. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. What other gift operated there? If you've been listening to me, no, that's not a gift. What other gift operated there? Gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll get in the next in the next uh, 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 item. So, But you see that there are triggers to this gift. Is that correct? Now, the next number five now. Number five. Results, Results. when this gift is exercised, there are results. And I will describe the results in the form of two other gifts that usually come up. When I say the results, when the gift of faith is operated, there are two broad gifts that come in addition to it. So what gift are we dealing with now? Gift of faith. Is that correct? Huh? All right. Usually when the gift of faith is exercised, two other gifts come up alongside. They are the gift of walking of miracles and healing. The gift of what? Walkings of miracles or what? Healing. Those are gifts by themselves, but they are usually triggered by the gift of faith. Amen? So, so if you look at that, we saw the gift of faith. Is that correct? So, and do you see the the walking of miracles? What did I say to you is one of the commonest forms of walking of miracles? Huh? Deliverance. Casting off of demons. is a gift of walking of miracles. Now, and I'm saying this to you so that you don't have to defend those people who don't understand the Bible, but they They fight the Bible. People will say to you, show me where deliverance is written in the Bible. Actually, there's no place that the Bible calls it uh, deliverance. But the Bible talks about casting out of demons. Now, if you want to know what gift of the Holy Spirit it comes under, casting out of demons comes under, is the gift of the workings of miracles. Let me say this to you. In the ministry of Jesus and the early church, the foremost miracle was the casting out of demons from people. There are other miracles, but that ranked number one. Some other time, I'm going to prove it to you from the Bible. I said this in the, on the island of St. Martin's. Pastor Desmond was there years ago. And the pastors, I was talking to pastors and bishops. It's like, what? I proved it to them <laughs> from, from Scripture. So, it got clear to everybody. Let me say this to you. The foremost miracle in the ministry of Jesus and the early church, was the casting out of demons from people. There are other forms of miracles, but that's number one, followed by healing. Healing was number two, and I will tell you why. So let's see what happened there. Did Paul say, I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of her"? right? That was the exercise of the gift of what? Faith. Is that correct? Did you see walking of miracle? Did evil spirits come out? See that? And if she was sick, she could get healed at that time. So the gift of faith, when used, can lead to all these, this or two other gifts. Is that clear? Let's see what happened to that lady. Continue. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, didn't you see that? Their masters were making profit out of her. By making her a slave of Satan. Whose purpose is that? Huh? The devil. That's Satan's purpose. And uh, do you know who else was slave? Anybody she practiced divination on. That's why if you see them on 125th Street or 241 Street or wherever you see them, stay away. If you yield yourself to read your palm or do anything for you, you are also a slave unto Satan. Right away. If you call them by 999, nine, nine, was it one? What, what number did they call? <laughs> Psychic. What was the number they used to do before? Uh, they don't call them anymore. Or you read your horoscopes, you're yielding to them. These are modern ways they do this trade now. So you notice how the gift of faith came against Satan's pl- purpose and plan and kingdom. You notice that? All right. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the what marketplace before the authorities. You know where they ended up? In prison. You know when Paul and Silas prayed and the Holy Spirit came down and delivered them? That's what put them in trouble. So it's two kingdoms were at war. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Before the authorities and what happened and next. And when they had brought them to the chief magistrate, they said, these men are throwing our city into confusion. Next, being Jews and are proclaiming customs, which it is not lawful for us to accept or to observe, being Romans. Again, it's given to people who go with the gospel. That's where you get these things operate. Amen? So let's look at that next one, the results. It manifests two other gifts. Go with me to Acts 3. Acts chapter three: Whenever the gift of faith is operating, other gift, two other gifts operate: workings of miracles and healing. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour and the, the hour of prayer. Next, and a man who had been what lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day, Huh? At the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. You know this story, right? In order to beg arms of those who were entering the temple. Whose plan and purpose was that for that man? Are you, are you in doubt? The devil, right? All right. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive what? Arms. Next. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, look at us. Amen? Notice, going to be dramatic right there. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. Hmm. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Did you see that? Okay. What kind of language was that? command. He <laughs> didn't say, oh, my brother, how long have you been on this? Oh, God is good, you know. I'll be praying for you. No. No. Did you understand what I'm saying? Walk. <clears throat> Next. That was confession. Is that correct? He was persuaded. The picture of God came on him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him instantly. Mm. That's the gift of faith about to kick in. Amen. And seizing him by the right hand, action. The man was like Dilly darling. It's like you guys don't know who I am. You know how long I've sat there. People who are in problem over the years, sometimes that's the struggle. You have to help them out. Are, are you following? And seizing him by the hand. Before the man, the man was like pondering. If you don't have money, go your way. Let me alone. He grabbed him. He raised him up. <laughs> he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were what? of course like we found out in the regular personal faith when you act in this faith you release the Holy Spirit too what do you think Stretching the ankles and the knees the Holy Spirit moved amen okay moving on with a leap he stood upright and began to walk did you notice that so where are we heading to now Uh, what's this gift here now Healing, you see, healing there, right? Aha. What other gift there? Miracle. You know, some healings are miraculous in nature, some other healings are not, quote, miraculous. I mean, the, all healings are miracles, but when we mean miracle, it's like more instantaneous. There are healings that are instantaneous. Was this instantaneous? Yeah, there are healings that are not instantaneous. They're also miraculous healings, but at least. For what we are saying here, you see the instantaneous nature of this. So, you see the gift of healing and the gift of miracles. Is that correct? He entered the temple with them, walking and what? Leaping and what? Praising God. You know, what? Someone's kingdom was dethroned. Is that correct? Satan. Someone's kingdom is what? Upheld now. That's why he was praising God. Do you see these things? The gift of faith is always there to terminate Satan's evil purposes and plans and to establish God's. Hallelujah. Next verse. And all the people saw him walking and what? Praising God. And they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple to beg alms. And they were filled with what? Wonder and what? Amazement at what had happened to him. What is that in one word? Glory. They were glorifying God. There was, it's like, is that not a sense of miracle? It is a sense of miracle there. Praise the Lord. Listen, tonight I'm going to exercise this faith over every situation you came here with. I didn't hear you. Praise the Lord. I am already coming under that <laughs> instant apprehension and dramatic impartation. I'm sensing it. Usually when I'm teaching, I'm, as, uh, the, I, as I'm coming towards the end, I'm getting a word of knowledge, what to do, what word of wisdom, what to do, and I'm getting it. And that's how I begin to operate and minister at the end of the message. So be prepared. Amen? All right. Let, let's go to verse four, chapter 4 quickly. Let's see what happened. Chapter 4, verse 8 to 12. Quickly, chapter 4, 8 to 12. When they, of course, you know that there was trouble. The religious leaders were not happy with that. So Peter and John got into trouble. And from what they were talking from verse 1 to 7, you could tell that Peter and John were in trouble. Then Peter filled the Holy Spirit because they asked him a question. Go to verse 7. Go to verse 7. Okay, when they placed them in the center, that's Peter and John, and begin to inquire, what did they inquire from them? By what power? And in what name have you done this? (laughs) Okay, let me put it in a more literal way. By what power or in whose authority have you done this? They know that doesn't belong in the realm of man. Did you notice that? Okay. (laughs) So even though the, the unbelievers understood that it is God at work here by himself, Amen? All right. next verse, 8. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to him, rulers and elders of the people, quickly. Amen? If we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man, as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, what does that mean? By the authority of of Jesus Christ. Remember I told you the authority is in the name. The name is emblematic of the authority. Is That correct? Okay, so I can freely translate it by the authority of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. Listen to that. Whom God raised from the dead by this name. <laughs> this man. Now, by Jesus, this man stands here before you. In good health. What are they saying? It was not even our own faith. It was the faith of Jesus which he dropped on us. Did you see the gift of faith? Okay. Praise God. Amen. Amen. He is the son which was rejected by you. And even you you keep seeing Peter's boldness. Now, I want you to notice. Do you notice the boldness of Peter? Huh? Who was he talking to? The ruler's. Up to, before that moment, before the day of resurrection, Peter used to hide from them. I mean, a maid confronted Peter. Peter almost passed out. You remember? When Jesus was going to trial. Oh, you are with him. He said, I was never. But now the Holy Spirit has come, especially on a day when the gift of faith, one thing the gift of faith gives you is boldness. Did you notice that boldness there? It says you, you crucified him. But which became the chief what cornerstone? Verse twelve, quickly. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Acts fourteen. Let's go to quickly to Acts fourteen. Let's see another manifestation of this. I like this one. This one is going to be tremendous. Are you ready? You know, it looks like we will finish the series next. Thursday. You know that be service after Thursday after Christmas, right? Huh? Don't worry, you would have recovered from Christmas from that time. Uh, from the joy, enjoyment. Amen. Go to verse, go down to verse um. Go down to verse 13. No, verse 8. Acts 14, verse 8. At Lystra, listen to this. At Lystra, a man was sitting who had no strength in his feet. A similar case. Huh? All right. Lame from where? His mother's womb. Amen? Okay. Now, I want you to understand something. The first one was done by Peter and who? John. It doesn't even look like, I don't believe, Maybe Paul has just been born again then, or had not been born again, but this is the same gift operating under man. I, you, you understand the thing? Okay, watch what happens. Lent from his mother's womb, who had never walked. Never. This man was listening to Paul as he, Paul, spoke. Who, when he had fixed his gaze on him, has seen that he had faith to be made well? I want to pause here. I want to pause here and show you something. I have encountered people like that many times. Whenever I'm teaching and I see people fixing a gaze, I know that their faith is quickened. That's one of the ways. Years ago, a lady, when we had a book and we were having a house fellowship in my house, and uh, uh, we had a fellowship then, the midweek, used to hold in my house. And this lady came to visit uh, the new baby, Ebuca, and uh, brought her gift. And so she stayed back for the fellowship. And um, at the end of the fellowship, we ministered to her. She'd been married for about three years, and she didn't have a child. And the Holy Spirit gave me a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom to tell her to arrange with the husband that I was going to come and minister to them. They used to live in Queens. I didn't know that before that time, they had spent over 10000 on in vitro. Yep. So I went there and I said, tell your husband. And of course, the husband didn't want to be there. He was not really born again Christian. So I, w- I, d- I, I drove down that day, went there. We waited for the husband and waited for the husband. She went to school, came back. The husband took forever to come. when he eventually came, he, d- he was reluctant I got him to sit down. He sat down. As We were preaching. He was walking around. But the lady was fixing her gaze on me. I remember that day I spoke from Romans chapter (laughs) 4. About Abraham. And she fixed her gaze at me. I saw she has faith to be made well. And, And when I finished, I began to pray for both of them for deliverance. It was like a war. And I know... No team member, no nothing. It's me. I went to p- all kinds of crazy places and came out alive, thank God. <laughs> <So> <laughs> by the time we finished, in three months, that lady was pregnant. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so when <laughs> when they were going to do the naming ceremony, no. She then she got pregnant again for her second child. The second child, she said, you must be there. And they had people coming from Nigeria and so on and so forth. So I, I went there. I was supposed to walk that day, but I went. And she was giving testimony and tell, tell, told them how they came to me. And he turned to me and said, what we didn't tell you is that before we came to you for the first child, we had spent $10,000 on in vitro. But one operation of gift of faith, one evening, In less than three hours it was done. Praise the Lord. The the testimony about the second child, she was pregnant, and the doctors were very doubtful about what would happen. They scheduled her for elective C-section and so on and so forth. She told me, I said, don't worry about it. We prayed every week for nine months on phone. (laughs) And when, because the doctor wanted to go on vacation, he said, you have to come early, i do it, and go on vacation. She called me and said, let's go, go and do it. And the baby came. So they were dedicating the second child and the testimony about the first one and everything. What am I saying? She was attentive. That's why when you are in church, especially listen, praise, worship, every aspect, pay attention. Did you hear me? Let's go back to that word that made me pause and give this testimony. Go back verse 11 quickly. It said, when the crowd saw, no, no, no. No, I'll no, oh good. Next, is it eight? Okay. The man was listening listening as he Paul spoke. Who was who when he had fixed his gaze on him and has seen that he has faith to be made well? The man was what? Listening. Listening. You have to listen. So at some point Paul looked at him and sensed that the man was absorbing. Realities. Then Paul interrupted his message and with a loud voice said, Stand upright on your feet. What's that? What kind of language is that? Command. You say, Oh, Pastor, don't talk to me like that. <laughs> you may miss your miracle. Are you are you are you following what I'm saying? Okay. See, one of the people that hinders healing and miracles and deliverance is that people have preferences how it should come. Many people in that congregation would have been doing other things, waiting for the time the man of God will call for prayer. They would have been distracted and texting. But notice he didn't wait until the end of the service. Did you notice that? One of the ways you can hinder your miracle from coming forth is when you come with your preferences. Are you all following what I'm saying? Okay. Maybe some people have been waiting. When he finishes, I'll give him my bottle of oil so he blesses it. I'll go and drink it. Just follow the Spirit. Amen? Alright. And he did what? He leaped up and began to what? Walk. Oh, so, between Paul's gift of faith, did you see it in operation? That was, you know, it was not planned. The Holy Spirit immediately dropped at Paul and said, this man is ready to be healed. Move on him right now. Don't wait till the service. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And what happened? Paul obeyed. Released that faith with a gift of faith. That miracle. With a gift of faith. And the man responded. I had a similar experience in St. Vincent. An island in St. Vincent. Pastor Desmond will remember this incident. they there for Crusade and VBS. First night was a Monday night. The crowd came. Deliverance was everywhere. I was praying for them and people were falling out and getting delivered. So the next day, the wife of Bishop Charles, who, who comes, you know Bishop Charles, the wife came to me and said, you know, uh, uh, Reverend, you know, I have a daughter of mine, a spiritual daughter, whose uh, past- husband is a pastor, but she's my daughter, and she has been sick. I said, "What's wrong with her?" He said, "She's paralyzed; she can't walk." I said, "Okay." He said, "I'm just wondering if it's okay if you can go to her uh-huh, if I get somebody to drive you." I said, "Okay," because in the day they will be doing v- they do VBS, in the evenings I do the crusade. I said, "Okay." So he said, "Somebody will come and pick you up." Then in the morning there was the husband, Bishop Thomas, who came up and said, "Okay." Uh, mother, Mother yes, just say you have, she has somebody t- for you to pray for. I said okay. I'm waiting for the driver. Say I'm the driver. I said okay. We went, we drove, and we went there and went there, and we got there. And the lady couldn't really sit up; she was lying down. And I started to teach, like I'm teaching five hundred people, on healing. <laughs> and as I was teaching and teaching and teaching, giving scripture and. By scripture on, on healing, scripture to scripture on healing. All of a sudden, the woman busted up and started screaming, started pulling her blouse, trying to. He said, I'm burning. <laughs> I, I, the, the, the bishop and I were sitting on a couch, and she was lying on the other couch. She started screaming, and the daughter and the younger sister of the lady who were in the kitchen. They all came out and looked at her and looked at us. And we were froze where we were. We were not even we couldn't move. So I said, What's going on? The Lord said she's getting healed. Don't you understand? <laughs> so that heat was the healing operation of the Holy Spirit. Then we stood up. And she then started screaming, praising the Lord, praising the Lord. And then stood up and started walking. I said, I have not seen this one before. And that was the end of that situation. On the last day, Pastor Desmond got a a video on it. I think I still have the video and the pictures. She came, and the husband was not there. The husband came back and said, he wants to see these people from New York. So on the last day, she came with a friend and the husband, our last day there, and she gave her testimony. The gift of faith can take over the preacher. And one thing I found in that woman is that she was paying attention. And you know what? It was a crowd of one. <laughs> the Holy Spirit doesn't count it waste when he gets one person that will respond to the word. Can we give the Lord a clap offering? <laughs> Hallelujah. So in the crowd, this man got his healing. I don't know what happened to the others after. And that's why you have to... You don't go with what others are going... People are going to the restroom and say, it's my turn. And the word is going on. Just focus. Are you all following what I'm saying? And don't let people distract you. Because you can miss your moment. Okay, let's see what happens after. You like this. Amen? When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices saying in the Lycanian language, the gods have come like men. Have come down to us. They knew that this is more than human. Even unbelievers, amen. Next, and they began calling Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes. You know what those represent? They were the gods of the Roman Empire in those days. Okay, <laughs> and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. <laughs> but that's what they knew. And then, next verse. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought oxen and gallons to the gates For what? For offering to Paul and, and Barnabas. It's like, I, I kept this sacrifice for Zeus. Zeus is here. <laughs> Amen. And wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowd. Listen. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, Heard of it, they tore their robes and rushed out into the crowd, crying. Amen. And saying, Men, why are you doing these things? Listen to where this is why I want to read this. We are also men of the same nature as you. Does that remind you of anything? Who is that? Elijah. Okay, pay attention. Remember, Elijah exercised his faith, right? Okay. One of the things you have to be aware of when you exercise this faith, be humble, otherwise you begin to think you're God. Watch what happened. We also men of the same nature as you and preach the gospel to you that you should turn from these vain things, those gods, to a living God, Jesus Christ, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In the generation gone by, he permitted all men to go on their own ways. And yet, he did not leave himself without witness. In that he did good and gave us rains from heaven. And what? Fruitful season, satisfying your heart with food and gladness. What is he doing here? Proclaiming the kingdom of God. See, Satan's evil purposes have been dealt with. God's righteous kingdom has been proclaimed. Next verse. I know we're out. Amen? With these saints... Even saying these things with difficulty, they restrained the crowd from offering sacrifice to them. Amen. And so on and so forth. But when Jews came, they started stoning them. But let's not get there. But I want us to know that these things are still alive among us. And now, for you who are listening to me, there are two ways that you can experience this. Are you all following? The one way is that if there's any situation in our lives tonight... And always, that need the exercise of the gift of faith. There is that gift in the house, and our needs, our problems, our situations and circumstances don't have to defeat us. Okay. Does anybody follow? Yeah. Do you understand? Because these things are kept in the house of God. That's where the gift operates for the benefit. To p- you know, we read the scripture. Say to profit who, all. For the benefit or for the profit of all. Second way you can be part, you, you ought to be part of this is that you, God can, you can open yourself up to also for you to be used of God. Remember, I told you nobody has a copyright uh, handle or control over it. As you open yourself up in service, especially in a session, the Spirit of the Lord can move. Just in the way He can move in prophecy in tongues, in other areas. Amen? But tonight, we are so glad and privileged and happy to know that we are loved to such an extent that God has such gifts among us. You know, Satan is the loser here. Amen? Because his kingdom will come to an end in every situation that concerns us. And the kingdom of God will always be upheld. Having said that, I will rise to our feet. Hallelujah.